0: For me to live is Christ For me to die is gain Every moment in between There'll be joy and there'll be pain I can't worry
1: about the future Or change a thing about my past I've got this moment to believe And I'm gonna make it last I am fit
0: This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street, Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today.
1: Pray with me. Father God, we have nothing else to give a king except for our hallelujah and our praise. And Lord, as we come into this, and we are into this season of Christmas and remembering who you are, our Savior, our King, Father God, we just ask that you remove Carrie and I from this teaching. Let only your truth pass through our lips. Father God, that your message that you want spoken today will be spoken. If we say anything witty or funny or anything that's wrong, Father God, we just ask that that you remove that and that only your truth truth dwell in the hearts of those that are listening today. We thank you, Lord, for this season, for reminding us that you came in the form of a little bitty baby. All these things we praise you for and thank you for, in Jesus' name, amen. So we have been talking this month, our series is on um, characters and what their characteristics are that make us believers, right? So last week, Pastor Carrie did a great job by herself talking about the word courage and obedience. And used Elijah um, in 1 uh, Kings and talked about um, his the story of his courage and his obedience to the Lord. And Michael and Carrie and I met um, probably, gosh, it was probably four, four to six months ago, just laying out our sermon series and talking about who was going to preach when. And I said, I feel like God wants Carrie and Carrie to preach about Mary. Carrie and Carrie, to preach about Mary. And I just felt very strongly about that. And I have to be honest with you, a, a part of me, that was a little bit of what I wanted to do because I love the story of Mary Amen. and what she brings to the Christmas story. <laughs> and yes, Jesus is number one, right? We focus on him. But there's so much that can be learned from Joseph, and there's so much that can be learned from Mary. But today, we're going to focus on Mary, and we're going to talk about trust, We're going to talk about trust. And so we always start out with a consider question, right? And so there are consider questions for today. Can I trust God to work out every problem I encounter? Let me give you a few minutes to think about that or a few seconds, and then we'll begin.
0: That is a very deep question for all of us to ponder upon. Can I trust God to work out every problem I encounter? Now, I can honestly say sometimes my ego gets to me and I think I can do it myself, but um, ultimately I end up falling back and saying, yeah, I do need you and we all need him. And today, our lesson, we're going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 1. And we will start with verse 26. This is a time when I can also go in with our um, students and our little jars, our kids, and we would go through what I would call a journey to the manger. Yes. And we would go over each person that is a part of the birth of Jesus, and uh, so it's fitting that we start out with Mary, okay? Mm-hmm. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, follow along with me as I read this encounter, and um, I'll ask that you open up your hearts and your minds to find something new. I know that Carrie and I both found something new as yes, we read we This encounter. Mm -hmm. So listen up here. Verse 26, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored the lord is with you mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have found favor with god uh-uh. you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him jesus he will be great Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mm -hmm. Now, I honestly cannot imagine how Mary felt at that time, being very young, Mm -hmm. being very young. And um, all of the thoughts going through her head must have been overwhelming. And I'm sure at some little point, she may have had a little reservation. And um, I know when Carrie and I were talking, I said, you know, we do not know how long this conversation took. As we read it, okay, two, three minutes. But in all actuality, did Mary sit there and say, okay, I've really got to catch my breath here. I've really got to uh, understand exactly what you're saying to me this is overwhelming. Right, in Jewish culture
1: of the day, a girl would be considered Uh a woman when she could conceive a child, so usually around 13, 14 years old, right? And so we see in in this story that she is engaged to Joseph. Now, if you all remember or listened to the podcast from last month on our gratitude series, we talked about how marriage is done in the Jewish culture, right? And how the actual marriage ceremony really it just binds what's already the commitment that's already been made. So the engagement that they make in Jewish culture it is binding. It is like the marriage ceremony for us. And so we talked about how the the man goes to, you know to the house and talks to the father, and then they you know they decide on an amount, and then. They have the man has a whole year. The fiance has a whole year to get the house ready and all of those things. And then when he is ready, he will yell out for his bride at the, at the front of the house. And the bride will come out and then they do the ceremony. And so to break an engagement in Jewish culture is no different than it would be like a divorce for us. And so I think it's really important to understand that. And so here she has been engaged to marry this man, which is basically being married to him. Right. Even though they've not been together in physical form yet until the ceremony. But to the Jewish people, it's binding. Okay, And so here's this angel coming down and saying, you're going to conceive a child. Right. I mean, I can't even imagine at 13 and 14 year olds what that would have felt like and all the things that she would have had to gone through. Because if they found out that she was pregnant before the ceremony took place, there's a lot of things that could have happened to her. She could have been stoned. Her father could have turned her out of the house, and she could have become a prostitute from the rest of her days on. I mean, it was very, at that time, in that culture, that's how it would have been. So I can only imagine how Mary felt in that moment when God is saying, or, you know, God is saying, or Gabriel is saying, right, the messenger of God,
0: this is what's going to happen to you, right? Right? You know, one of the things that um, I try to point out is that I'd say nine times out of a ten, when an angel shows up in God's Word, the first thing is, don't be afraid. That's the first thing. It's are just like, don't be afraid. And it's that calming voice that they want to reassure the person that they're talking to. It's going to be okay. But I think, as Carrie was pointing out, all of these customs... All of these laws, all of these expectations that were put before her had to have been running through her mind. Mm-hmm. Fear may have settled in for that short time. And then it was like a <laughs> light switch mm-hmm. came on, and she realized, oh, wow, Yeah, I have an opportunity to serve God. I've, Mary has been known. She is a devout woman of God. But this was the ultimate worship. Well, and I want
1: to point out, too, Gabriel, the angel that God sends, he appears several times in in the Scripture, but he appeared before the prophet Daniel more than 500 years earlier. But I love Gabriel's response to Mary in that moment. Basically what he's saying to her, this is God's work in you, Mary. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And so, if you ever feel like God is asking you to do something that is out of your experience, beyond your education, you feel unqualified to do it, just remember, don't limit God's choices. If he can use a 13 and 14-year-old girl, right, who who had no royal standing in the Roman Empire, he can use you.
0: And I just want to point that out. I love that. I love that. You're right. Uh, Children are often used throughout scripture, and um, you know, we see a 13 14 year old still as a child in most of our eyes. But um, Mary was destined Mm -hmm. for um, greatness and um, to be even known as the mother of the Son of God, Mm -hmm. and everything that she had to um, comprehend and go through, and um. Trust um, can be risky it can be hard because we often doubt when something good comes mm-hmm. we often doubt when something good comes it's like are you sure about this I mean are are we really am I really that blessed mm-hmm. and what's the catch Amen. right Amen. sometimes we say that. And that's Satan trying to get a hold of us and say, there is, you know, hey, you're not good enough for this. Mm-hmm. But Mary was, and she was, I just, I cannot imagine. <laughs> right. So, first of all, Mary had reservations, reservations. too,
1: mm-hmm. right? And then secondly, okay. trust can be risky and hard. I love when Mary responds twice in this story. Because we're going to go on into when she visits Elizabeth, who we'll talk about in a minute. But I love the first response she gives, which if you look at verse 38, she says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. What trust? What commitment? I can't imagine if we all had that trust and commitment in the church today. What it would look like. To say, I don't know everything and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust in you, God. Right? So Mary's response was that she lived to do God's will. And to do God's will, what do we have to have? What did we talk about last week? Obedience and courage. This is Mary's story. Courage, obedience. And now we're talking about God's will and trust. It all goes together. And if we become and if we look at the character characteristics of these people and we see... All of those things, don't take these stories that we're giving you and say, I'll never match up to that. Don't let the enemy tell you that. These stories are here to remind you that you can, that God listens and that he's there, even for someone like Mary, okay? So my question is, when was the last time you trusted God enough to live in reckless abandon? When was the last time that you felt the tugging of your heart to help someone in need And you did so without a thought. When was the last time your soul yearned for you to speak or sing God's praises in public? And with reckless abandon, you sang, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. When was the last time you put your reputation, your embarrassment, your comfort zone, money on the line for God? Why is it that we worry so much about what everybody else thinks? And forget about what God says. This is Mary surrounded by people, knowing she could be stoned, that she could be thrown out of her house, and she still bows before the Lord and says, God, I'm gonna do it anyways. I don't care what anybody thinks because you are my God and I trust in you. When Mary heard the news, she didn't even think about that, probably what the, I mean, she probably did, right? But she went beyond that. Mary's trust was such a shock to the man that she was betrothed, which was Joseph, <laughs> that he considered breaking his engagement, if you leave, read further to the story, and he, he doubts. And once again, God sends an angel to Joseph and says, this is my will. This is going to be done. And study Joseph separately on your own. Men, wow. What a man of God. What a man of God. If you want to know how to stand by your woman, look at Joseph. If you want to know how to stand up for what God says is right, look at Joseph. And he doesn't get enough credit in this story sometimes. So, men, I encourage you. I give you that as a challenge. Read. Read about Joseph's story.
0: I love it. it. Right. I think Joseph um, also grew in this time with his courage. And commitment, Um, as you were saying, you know, there's so much to Joseph as well. We Mm -hmm. we often focus a a lot on Mary, and we should, but um, Joseph's courage and commitment also grew during this time. Yes, and um, I think even though it is not here, something that came into my head just now is knowing all of the people that Mary had to announce this to you know eventually she's going to start showing and there's the announcement okay it also i feel probably built up their faith Mm -hmm. and their courage because now in their mind they're they're going back and saying she kept this quiet and she's going through this and joseph is standing beside her this is strong courage commitment and faith Mm -hmm. trust
1: obedience Mm -hmm. and sometimes like we said trust can be risky and it can be hard and that's when we pull together right and so if you guys look starting in verse 39 right the angel has left her and now she goes to visit elizabeth now, Elizabeth, for those of you who are not yet, or for those of you who are new to the faith, if you're a baby Christian, Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist, who is later, who comes before Jesus and foretells of his coming, right? And so, there's a couple things here in this story that I think is pretty awesome. You know, after God reveals this to Mary, then she turns goes quickly and and it says she went quickly a few a few days later. Mary hurried to the hill of country of Jude to the town where Zachariah lived, and she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And it goes on to say how the babe inside her womb, which was John the Baptist, leapt when he you know. And Elizabeth said, "Oh, oh, favored are you, Mary?" Right. But what I really want to talk about is the fact that she went to Elizabeth to help Elizabeth. But how much did Elizabeth help her? Okay. So here she finds out she's pregnant. She's carrying the weight of what God has just told her. And instead of carrying that alone, she goes and she helps another. And in the process, Elizabeth probably helped her right and said, it's going to be okay, sister, I got your back. How many times has God asked us to trust him? And then we have to go to somebody else and say, God has just revealed this to me, sister, and. You got to help me. (laughs) I'm having a hard time trusting him. I don't know what to do. He has just revealed this to me, and I don't know what to do with it. That is why we gather together. And that is why we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we try to connect with. Because it's important in those times when God asks us to do the extraordinary, that we, you know, or sometimes even the ordinary, that we have to rely on our other sisters, you know, and say, God has shown me this. And I need your help. One of the things that I really loved about, and I was telling Carrie about this when we got together, something that God just revealed to me that I had never seen in this story before. Isn't scripture amazing? Every time you think you've heard this story, I've heard this story for, well, probably since I was one. So 49 years of my life, I've heard the Jesus story. But I have never seen this before. And I even went to Michael and said, You probably already know this because, you know, he always knows, more. he always figures out stuff more before I do. But I said, This was really cool, something I had noticed, and Michael had never noticed it either. But I think it's really important because it comes from a woman's perspective, and you'll see why. So it is in, I'm going to stand up because I can't sit no more. Um, so it says that she went right in verse 39, a few days later, Mary hurried and she went to see Elizabeth. Then. We're going to skip over uh, that little section there. We'll come back to it. Yes. The song. But in verse 56, it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Now, how far was Elizabeth when Mary got there? What did the scripture tell us? Mary was six months. Or I'm sorry, Elizabeth. I apologize. Elizabeth was six months. Then Mary went to her at six months and stayed with her three months, which is... Nine months, and we don't know how long it took for Mary to get to Elizabeth, right? Because it's not like they could, she could just hop in her car and drive, you know, 80 miles an hour down the highway and on 35 like we do. So we don't know how long it took for Mary to get to Elizabeth, but Elizabeth was six months, Mary stayed for three months, and then when you go down to verse 57, it says when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, blah, 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 and it talks about the birth of John the Baptist. So ladies, let me ask you a question in the room. If I were to go to help take care of you, right, through your end of your pregnancy, six months to nine months, would I then, when you got to the time of delivery, go, oh, well, love you, sister. I'm going home now. Would we do that? No, we would stay until the baby was born, right? Now, Luke doesn't tell us that, and I have no way to prove that. But my mother's intuition and my lady intuition is telling me that she may, she was probably there when John the Baptist was born. Now, ladies, think about this. I don't know about you. When I had my first baby, I was scared to death. <laughs> you don't know what to expect. You know, you don't know what your body's gonna do. You don't know what your labor and delivery is gonna be like. You know, you've got your mama's stories, you've got your best friend's stories, and then you've got all the people that tell you all the horror stories that you're like, please don't tell me that. <laughs> I don't wanna hear that, right? You know, do I do it with drugs? Do I do it without drugs? Do I do a midwife? Do I, you know, home, hospital, all of these things. But really what you're most afraid of is what's my body gonna do? I don't know what to expect. So here she is with Elizabeth, and she's helping Elizabeth, and then she probably sees the birth of John the Baptist And she gets as a new mama, she gets to witness that. The process, because there's a process. Every birth journey is different, but there's still a process. There's still a textbook to it, right? And that baby's going to come. Now, jump ahead into our story when Mary gives birth to Jesus. Where is she? She's in a lonely manger with just Joseph to help deliver. Now, some theologians think that Joseph may have gone and got a midwife, Scripture doesn't tell us that, right? That's just a a guess. But either way, whether she has a midwife or not, it's somebody she doesn't know. (laughs) It's somebody she doesn't know. And she's there in that manger, in that stable, which is not the best place to deliver a baby. And God, in his amazing grace and love for Mary, has shown her what to expect. He has shown her what to expect so she's not as scared because that's the God we serve and he is an awesome God and he gave her an awesome task but he said, baby girl, I got you and I'm going to make sure you know what to expect and I just think that's so beautiful. God is good.
0: God is good and I was sitting here thinking, you know, maybe not just in this instance how God prepared that stepping stone for Mary. How many times... Can you reflect back in your own life and think, man, God prepared me for that. And now I'm seeing that. Um, I can remember off the story of of childbirth or anything, Mm -hmm. many times, I mean, we prayed for 20 plus years to get back to Oklahoma. And when it was time, every stepping stone was laid out before us. There were no stumbles. There were no falls to the side or surprises. God was just doing that for us. And I think that is so important, and I I loved how excited Carrie was when she told me this when we met. She's like, you're not gonna believe this. I had never thought about that. Never comprehended putting the math together. I teach science, not math. So putting the six and three together. But um, I love that verse. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. But we don't get all of that story, Mm -hmm. you know. There wasn't anybody at that time period. Most who recorded what had happened in God's Word were focused on what happened to men. Mm -hmm. They didn't record too much about the women. So we don't know all of the other little finite details that are there, but um, obviously they weren't too important. Well, debate. I mean, let's
1: be honest, girl. Yeah. If a woman had written this this particular passage, we would have known the birth weight and everything.
0: Exactly. Yes. Oh, time between contractions, yeah, everything. We, we would have known have it, all, it you know. You're right. Six you were 500% ounces. right on that. But I <laughs> 21 <love the, laughs> inches long. Yeah. I love the fact that God already put that path before Mary, and she may not have quite comprehended that mm-hmm. just yet mm-hmm. until the time came for the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I truly just divine intervention that God just laid it all out there. Yeah. She was fully knowledge of what to do in that time period too. Men were probably not present when babies were born. Nope, that was kind of For forbidden. <laughs> you know, and Joseph was like, i oh, biology one on one quick. <laughs> but God gave him all of the information. Yeah yeah it was all there mm-hmm. Go ahead. now let's step back
1: for just one second though when she gets to Elizabeth, starting in verse 46 knowing all the things that we've told you guys right that trust could be risky and hard and knowing those things i love how mary responds here oh, yes. her song her song of praise oh how my soul praises the lord how my spirit rejoices in god my savior and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And it should be noted that Luke wrote this. Luke was a physician by trade. And so he understood what the process would have to be in order to have a virgin birth. That's the first thing. But the second thing is, We truly believe that either Luke went to Mary and asked her for her story, right? Because nobody was there except Mary and then later on Joseph. So we know either Luke went to her and said, tell me your story, Mary, what happened? Right? And then Mary gave it to her or it was someone who was very close to Mary that, that, you know, told the story to Luke. But either way, how awesome was it that Luke took the time? Too. but I do think that God chose Luke like I said because Luke was the physician he understands that a virgin birth is important to the to the birth of Jesus because it shows both his humanity and his divinity because nowhere in hu- human history had that ever happened and so like I said I, I, I firmly believe that God chose Luke for that f- for specific reason over all of the other disciples to tell Mary's story and I'm so glad that he did
0: I uh, I agree with that, and um, though scholars did not write about women, it happened. God only could allow that to happen, and to um, give us later on in life that experience of what Mary experienced. I, I still I I'm sitting here just trying to relish all of this, and uh, every year you know you look at nativity scenes, and um, often think what was going through their mind Uh the
1: conversation between joseph and mary when he was born
0: oh yeah right you know right everything trust could be hard but life-changing yes
1: so trust could be hard yet life-changing yes it could be life-changing it can be life-changing
0: um when we trust in god wholeheartedly at first, let me back up. At first we may be going, oh, I can't do that. And then something happens and we say, okay, here you go, God. I'm I'm gonna trust wholeheartedly in you. Just like Mary did. All right, Lord, I'm I'm going to accept this. Mary's life was forever changed, and I can testify that my life has changed when you put your whole trust and faith in God. Um, Sharing just a brief, a moment ago, as we were singing, I'm trying to sing through this voice. (laughs) Y'all know it's been this way for weeks. And the last verse, I could sing without any problems. Now, granted, it's back to this way, but it was that you've got a lion inside of those lungs. That's right, that's right. And putting your trust in him. Sometimes we have to do it again. We have to say, okay, God, I trust you 100,000%. But then you gotta get ready because your life is gonna change. It's gonna spin out of control (laughs) in a good way. Sometimes scary way, Mm -hmm. but in a good way.
1: That's right. I remember so well the first moments when Elijah, our firstborn, was born, and I was checking every single finger and every single toe. Right, studying his precious little body and he was so soft and cute. That little bitty body, and I realized that I was gonna be called mommy. I'd never been called mommy before, right? And I love how Beth Moore in her book, um, Jesus the One and Only, she imagines the following interaction taking place between Joseph and Mary, and I wanna read this to you guys. I just think it's so neat. Her body lay sapped of strength, but her mind refused to give way to rest. She ached for her mother. She wondered if she yet believed her. The baby awoke in in the night and began to wail. She scooped him up in her arms, baby Jesus, her long hair draping his face and she quietly slipped out of the gate. She gingerly sat down and leans against the outside of the stable, propped the baby on her small lap and she began to stare into his tiny face. She had not yet seen him in the light. She had never seen the moon so bright. Only hours old, his chin quivered, not from the cold, but from the sudden exposure of birth. His eyes were shaped like almonds and were as black as the deepest well. She held him tightly and quietly hummed a song she'd learned as a child. She had been so frightened of this moment, so sure she would not know what to do. She had never held an infant so small and he was God, wrapped in soft infant flesh with bones so fragile She felt like he could break. She had pictured this moment so many times. What would the son of the spirit look like? She never expected him to look so normal, so common. Must have been the part he inherited from his mother. (laughs) She was so sure she'd feel terribly awkward, so afraid she'd drop him, the Messiah, and God would be awfully sorry he had given him to her. Instead, every fear, every doubt, every inadequacy was momentarily caught up in the indescribable rapture of a mother's affection. She looked into his delicate face and watched him closely as he seemed to stare deeply into the moonlight sky. And she began to talk, sweet baby boy, do you know who your daddy is? Do you know your name? Do you know why you're here? What do you see when you look out there? Can you see the stars? Do you remember their names? Do you think I'll do okay as your mama? Will you love me too? A tear dropped from her chin to his and he yawned and made such a funny little expression and she grinned, wiping her face on the yellowed rag she draped around him. Not a sound was coming from inside the stable. The earth stilled, the infant slept, She held the babe next to her face, and for just a moment, all the world was silent to the breath of God. She closed her eyes and listened, but she could not begin to comprehend. She, a common child of the most humble means, who had never read the scriptures for herself, right? Because women weren't allowed, was embracing the incarnate word. The fullness of the Godhead rested in her inexperienced arms, sleeping to the rhythm of her heart. The tiny baby boy had robbed her heart. So this is how it feels to be a mother, she mused. She crept back into the stable, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in the manger just down the path. The sun peeked gently over the roof of an inn full of barren souls who had made made him no room. Yes, Mary trusted God and her trust in God would be the only thing she had to get her through some of the most difficult times in her life. When her only child received a death threat before he was two years old, forcing Joseph and her to leave the country, when she thought they had lost him in the synagogue, and when he amazed her in the temple when he was only 12 years old. When he turned water into wine at a wedding feast, when he was rejected by the religious leaders of the day, which could have meant Joseph couldn't be in there either. They'd have been totally ostracized. Lifted high on a Roman cross, blood spilling from his body. This was the son whose last words of love rang into her ears until her dying breath. As she heard him say to his dearest friend on earth, take care of my mother. She wasn't chosen because she had developed the art of motherhood perfectly. Or understood every word Jesus had said, she was chosen because she remained firmly focused on God's will for her life. So people ask, we hear the song, Mary, did you know? Right? I don't think she could've. But she did trust in God with the kind of faith That accepts God's word for what it is. For what he says is going to be. She counted on God for everything. And today, I'm talking to y'all now, this isn't Beth, this is me. Today, God will send messages for your ears alone that only you can hear. That can be both disturbing, (laughs) like I'm going to take you out of Indiana and move you to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Right? Disturbing. Disturbing but also amazing. And sometimes it happens right in the middle of our life plans, right (laughs) when we don't expect it, because it's God's timing. So today, God still calls us at surprising and unexpected times. He wants us to accomplish his work in this world. His messages have a way of suddenly turning our lives upside down. And like Mary, we can get caught up and caught off guard and stunned with the news we've been told by God. What may appear for a few moments to be our whole undoing can turn out to be the greatest blessing and life-changing moment we could ever experience. But in order to experience a blessing, we first have to trust. And we're gonna go to that next slide. So our B today is, be open to his call, trust that God is that he knows what's best for you, even if it sounds crazy. Be open to his call like Mary. I think we've learned so much just in two weeks about courage and obedience, and now following God's will and having trust to do so, and how it can be powerful and changing in your life. If you enjoyed our teaching today, we have great news. On January 7th, the JAR will be adding a second gathering. Starting with the new year, we will offer two times on Sunday. The new one at 1030 a.m. and our current one at 4 p.m. Come learn how to be a disciple maker as God fills us so that we can empty for others.
0: I am filled. to be empty